DJ PK, it's time to welcome in Frank Dolce, our Utah Insider and Analyst for the Zone Sports Network. Frank joins us, as all the guests do, on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah is in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Frank, good morning. Good morning, guys. Hope you're doing well. Rivalry week. Does it get the blood pumping? <laughs> because if it does, then we're doing well. Yes, sure. we're doing well. Thank you for yeah, the nice cities. Uh, well, it, I mean, there's always something about <laughs> rivalry week. Second, it just feels a little different when it's the second week in the season. Um, although I think I, I, I like the way that this aligns better for, for Utah. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about Rivalry Week, and I think based on the the, the games that we saw out of both out of the opponents, that uh, it should be a very interesting matchup. I actually like it second week. If you can't go first, you, you, go second. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to go the end of the year. Let's just forget that. They had the one, no, and occasionally may yeah, get that, but, but we can get over yeah. that. It doesn't really matter. But the second week, give them a game. And to there's so much room for improvement for both ball clubs, and then you get a big game. You're excited about the first game, no matter who they play, because it's the first game, right? So you have that level of excitement because it's the first time in months. This year, first time fans, so you had all that stuff going on. And now the second week, there's buzz in the second week. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I think that if if it's not the finale, then second week makes a lot of sense. How much confidence do you have that it will be 10 in a row for your alma mater? Well, I, I certainly favor Utah in, in this matchup, but uh, I, I actually think it's pretty close this year. Uh, the, the competition's going to be pretty close between the two, two teams. So I, you know, Utah. I, I was hopeful Utah would show more in the first game. I know I, you know, we all know they were vanilla on offense and and defense. You know, they didn't do they didn't do much. Just tried to to get the win, kind of a whole hum, you know, forty seventeen win, and and now they have a chance to to clean things up. But there are certain areas where I thought they they would be a little more dominant. So the concerns we had about the offensive line, I think, materialized a little bit. Uh, not not to take away anything from Weber State because I think they played extremely well and should should challenge for a conference championship. Uh, but defensively, that was a that was where I thought Utah would really shine, and um, I think they did some good things, but certainly still work to do on that on that defensive front. I thought the linebackers were really. I just thought. <laughs> I just thought of defensive line, um, and and then I thought the young secondary played played pretty well, and a lot of promise in the secondary. So, you know, overall, I think this is a pretty athletic Utah football team. I really like the quarterback position. Great options at the running back. I think we uncovered a couple, you know, receiver op- options and. You know, I think everything is pointing the right way, but I do still think it makes for a compelling matchup this weekend. Yeah. How about the running backs? I was impressed. I like the running backs. Uh, I like I like Bernard a lot. I, the way I characterized it, I thought 
Bernard was like this could be a very solid, steady, every down back, you know, maybe average, you know, four-plus yards per carry. Um, I I don't know that he would be like the explosive break a bunch of tackles and, you know, pick up 50 yards. Maybe that's in his character, but he seemed more like kind of the steady – He's going to be your foundation kind of back. You just rely a reliable kind of back. Um, and then um, Tavion, I thought, was the more explosive of the two. And so I'm, I'm really – like, he's the guy that seems like a, could be potentially a game-breaker uh, in, in that backfield right now. Uh, but the, I, I think you guys mentioned it too last week. He just has to hold on to the football because if he doesn't, then he's just—he's he, not going to see much, much of the playing playing field. So, and then um, I think the you know there's there's two other guys there, and the the transfer from LSU, like I in his, his very limited carries, I thought he showed a lot of promise. And so I'm curious to see how, how that unfolds. I would put those, those as the top three guys in the running back, but a super, I, I think super talented in the backfield. And now you're just going to have to settle on a, maybe on a two guy rotation at some point. Charlie Brewer's 19 and 27, and obviously two touchdown passes could have, would have, should have been caught. And there were a couple more drops. So when we look at that spring game, which we routinely dismiss, Maybe that 15 to 15 was actually real. 23 to 27. It's Weber State. He's not in Pac-12 play, and he's not out there playing with adrenaline in a rivalry game and all that. What what makes him so accurate, at least to date? Maybe we'll have to take that back later. But at least to date, what what does that? Well, there, he's very sound mechanically. I think we've seen Utah quarterbacks in the past who've not been that way. And that leads to some some issues throwing the ball, even though those guys could at times be very effective. But I, I think if you watch Brewer from, especially from the hips down, like he's very sound mechanically, great footwork. Um, he's always kind of po- getting himself pointed in the right direction to deliver the football. He doesn't have chatty feet in the pocket. Like he seems super super steady in the pocket. Um, his throwing motion is very good. So I think mechanically he's, he's just really sound. And, uh, and clearly he's been, I mean, that, some of that could be natural, but clearly he's been coached uh, extremely well coming up through his, his, his quarterback life. So I, I, I'm a big fan. I mean, I, I didn't know what to expect. I've seen, I've seen film on him, and uh, all the numbers look really good, and you just don't know until you see the guy live. And he, I thought he was very impressive live. And I also thought that Cam Rising, the thing about Cam Rising is he probably knew he was going to get some snaps, but he immediately took snaps like he was a starter. Like there wasn't a, there wasn't a drop-off. He was engaged in the game. You could see it on the sideline. He's, the moment he stepped on the field, he knew what he needed to do. And, and so I was impressed with, with both of those guys. And what I, what I thought before in that Utah had depth at the quarterback position like they haven't had in the past, I think that materialized. 
All right, Frank. Well, my role here obviously is to play the devil's advocate, or in this case, the sun devil's advocate. So my co-host is pumping up a spring game in Weber State. Uh, yes. And we're going back yeah. two years when he led them to the Sugar Bowl, I think it was. But last year, they sucked. Man, no big deal. We're just overlooking that. Uh, so this guy, man, we just want to heap praise on him. He looked good in the spring game against Weber, and Weber State. I'm going to reserve judgment until they're down four or five, and there's two and a half minutes to go, and they get the ball on the 25. And until that moment comes... I don't know what they've got. I think they've got something good, but I don't know what they've got. I don't care. that He could have gone 100 for 100 in the spring game, and he could have gone 13 for 10 in the against Weber State. It doesn't matter. I mean, you look at in the Big 12. Tulane put 35 on Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So who can't throw the ball in the Big 12? You're the, you're, you're, Jamal Holloway out of Banning, if they would have brought him back in the 80s today, he would throw for 350 yeah. yards. I mean, come on. He might. I mean, that, yeah, that could be. So, Although I don't think mechanically he was quite as sound as, as Brewer. He wasn't, but he would have been so. coached up by his father and blah, 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 and his grandfather and everybody else. So, so I'm not saying he's bad by any stretch, but I'm saying I got to wait <laughs> until I actually see a drive they've got to have. And he could probably do it, but I'm a little bit hesitant based on no defense or little defense in the Big 12 and the spring game in Weber State. Well, we'll see if his mechanics hold up under pressure. I think that's, that's going to be the thing. And if, if that's the case, then if his mechanics hold up, then, then I, I think he'll be, he'll be fine. The the other thing that you you know you probably have to consider in that is is the level of competition uh, in in the defensive secondary is going to change uh, in the next several weeks and windows those are start to look a little more thin and that's that makes it more difficult so. Hey, I, I'm not ready to give him the Heisman Trophy. <laughs> I, I'm just saying that uh, of all the recent quarterbacks that we've seen with Utah, and a lot of those guys have been very successful and have had opportunities to, to move on, he is the most mechanically sound that I think we've seen. I, You know, I, I, I kind of would say, like, um, Jackson Dart, who played at Corner Canyon last year, I said about him, like, he, he was the guy of all the school quarterbacks, I think, he was the guy that all of the tools, all, it was the most mechanically sound, had all of the tools to make it at the next level. Will he make it at the next level? I don't know. Yeah. But he has, he has all the stuff. And I think that is probably how I would describe Brewer at this point is like he has all the stuff to make it. And and I don't disagree. I'd like to see him under duress as well to see how he manages that situation. Yeah, I think he'll be fine, but I'm just a little hesitant to heap praise based on the spring game in Weber State. Well, the spring game can get pretty raucous. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, BYU, I'll have to watch one of them one of these times. Will Tyler Algier be able to run the ball against Utah's defense? Because Utah dominated the last time they met two years ago, and BYU didn't run for 100 yards in that game as a team. They didn't have a back who ran for 50. 
Uh, Tyson Williams was held to 45 in that game. So is BYU going to be able to run the ball, or is Utah going to make them one-dimensional right away? Well, uh, it's, it's certainly going to be Utah's game plan. And Utah's game plan doesn't alter too much on the defensive side from week to week to week. Maybe a little more emphasis this week on shutting down and controlling and containing the run game. I, but I think Algiers a better back than he was, too. Um, he has a pretty good... He was a linebacker back then, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he could have been. <laughs> so, uh, and, and he has a pretty good group in front of him. Uh, so, but yes, Utah will be focused on, you know, that you, you can't have a 100-yard rusher in the game, and so that's going to be the big... That's going to be the big emphasis on the defensive side, and that comes down to the, the you know the the front four in the seven seven man rotation, and and the two guys in back who who are who are very good and played really well last week, uh, but I you know, I think that's a huge threat uh, because I like the way that Algier played um, against Arizona. And by the way, I think you know we, we all talked about Arizona being terrible and. I don't know if they're so terrible, right? But uh, but Algier played. I, I thought he played really well. Hey, the way Arizona's going, they can win the Pac-12 North. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, I, I I I don't know what I, well, I I don't know what we think about the Pac-12 at this point. Pac-12 comes out what six and six in the first weekend with yeah. some. How does Washington? How does Washington lose that game? I mean. That's just that's just that's just crazy. Don James um, rolled over. Oh my gosh! I think Jimmy Lake, uh, you know, Jimmy Lake could be on a, a short leash here after one after one matchup. Well, they got a pretty um, good coach on campus. <laughs> you know, Chris it Peterson. Was an, it, it was an odd retirement. Maybe he's going to do. A, maybe he's going to do a. You know, Rick Majerus during his career, Utah took two years off. It was, like he yeah. took a year off, and then he yeah. coached a couple of years. And he took another year off, right. and coached a little bit more. Right. So who, who who knows? But but yeah, the 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 Pac-12 and Oregon going down to the wire. I mean, the, I, I don't know what to think uh, of the Pac-12. I I watched almost all of those games. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um, I I don't know. I just I. With Clay Helton at the helm at, at USC, I know they kind of ran away with it, but I always feel like he just doesn't get everything out of that talent. Uh, and so I, I think USC looks looks really beatable. Um, UCLA, how about UCLA? Maybe they're the yeah. maybe they're the the surprise in the in the in the south this year. Well, they've had five straight um, anyway. They've had five straight losing seasons. It's about time. I know. You know, you walk across like I say, I say the same thing about San Diego State. Um, I say it about UCLA. Like you walk across those campuses, you you walk around those towns. How do you not recruit to those areas? In shorts no like, less. I mean, I, I, I understand if you're dropping a kid off, you know, in Laramie, 
And, you know, it goes to the worst example. <laughs> you're saying, you're saying, I always said that they, they landed in Denver, and the coach just said, welcome to Laramie. <laughs> you know? <laughs> just up the road. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I just, uh, I, I've always thought that about UCLA, and, and so maybe now Chip Kelly is going to get that, is going to get that thing under, under control. But that, that was a good win. Um, yeah, and, sure. and Ed, Ed Orgeron looked a little lost on the sideline. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, it, it's, it, the Pac-12 looks like it's going to be the Pac-12 again. Nobody knows what's going to happen. You know, what's cool is I think that this is going to be the last time that BYU and Utah play each other in which one is an independent because they're not scheduled to play for the next two years. So when they reconvene, what would that be in 2024? I believe BYU will be in the Big 12 at that point. And I think it, when we get to that in two years, it'll add more juice because it'll not only be the rivalry, but it'll also take on the Pac-12, Big 12, and Big 12 has been beleaguered now for the last several weeks. Oh, they're the little eight and they don't deserve Power 5 status, blah, 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 blah. So I'm jumping ahead two years, but I think that's going to add some real, just more excitement and ammunition to when these two teams get together in 2024. And God willing, Frank, I hope I'm there. Yeah, you, you, both of us. I mean, I hope both of us. <laughs> I hope both of us are there. And 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 by the way, I mean, uh, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily root for for BYU, or that's probably I don't root for BYU. I should say I don't. <laughs> it's not a necessarily, but but uh, but I do. I, I'm a huge fan of Kalani, and and doesn't that just doesn't that just make sense to to for 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 those guys to move into the big 12. I mean, that just seems like a, you know, uh, a really good fit, a really good opportunity. And there's lots of good things that come with being associated with the conference. You know, the NCAA is kind of goofy right now. We'll see what happens with college football over the next several years. But, but um, I, I don't think there's future. There's a good future with independence uh, for BYU. And so, so this opportunity is enormous, and Agreed. and uh, you know, good, good, yeah, good, good for those guys, good for Kalani, and it makes I I do I think it makes for a a much more compelling matchup outside of the rivalry to have those conferences going against each other. I agree. BYU's got a lot of games scheduled in the future, and they're going to have to let some of them go if slash win slash next week they join the Big Twelve. So, how will you and your Ute brethren handle it if BYU turns around and says, eh, "We got some big games on the schedule. We just can't play Utah these two years"? They won't. They won't chicken out. Well, uh, I, I mean, to be honest, I don't get too caught up in in those things. Like if they if they said that, I'm like, okay. How about your Ute brethren go, then? Go find another. Yeah, some some of those guys. Uh, will go well. I think it would be like like uh, PK just said, like you know, oh, you're chickening out. You know, the, the, it would it would just become you know kind of this bragging rights sort of. And it would fire up the rivalry even more if they didn't play. Yeah, it might. It might. Like I, I, I don't know. I don't get too caught up in that. So. Like if we're if we're gonna play if if we happen to play them then I think that's great like I think that's a game that should be on the schedule 
but I don't I don't necessarily lose sleep if that game's not on the schedule for for whatever reason. And if if Utah wants to back out or if BYU wants to back out of that game, I just I'm like well, there's a lot more there's a lot of other things to worry yeah, about. Let's you know, go on. find another game. Right. I agree. <laughs> Let's go find another game. But but um but there is you know, it does make it kind of fun too when when there's uh, a year or two when there's not a game. And so the game before you have the break, you know, then that's the biggest game ever because, you know, and then you have bragging rights for a year or two after that or or the game coming back from the break is, you know, that's the biggest game ever. So I do, I do think there is some excitement that's manufactured as a result of, of laying off for a year or two. All right, Frank, thanks for a few minutes. We appreciate it. Man, I uh, I really appreciate being with you guys. Have you have you uh, have, have we got? Are we too early in the week for you to pick a score on this one yet? I haven't, so I guess I the answer is score, yes. But I'm going with Utah. But I'll think about a score. Oh, yeah. you should be here Thursday at nine twenty-two. <laughs> that's when, yeah, that's that's when you're giving your score. Yeah, yeah. Come on, it's radio. <laughs> Thursday at nine twenty-two. Also, uh, also, also Friday at uh, seven forty. I'm not giving my score when he gives his score. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. Absolutely not. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to give my score uh, Wednesday at. <laughs> 3.30 p.m. Okay. I'll be, I'll be listening. All right. There it is. Thank you, Frank. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Good to talk to you. Frank Dolce, former Utah quarterback. He's our insider and analyst for the Zone Sports Network. Dylan Colley, former BYU wide receiver, coming up at 9 o'clock. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.